I'm Matt Gary Fisher, and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week, I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects, and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. On this week's episode, I have Michael Legg, who's a former actor best known for playing teenage Frank McCourt in Alan Parker's 1999 movie, Angela's Ashes. And you might also know him from other TV shows like Shameless. Now, since being famous in the acting world for over two decades, he's now transitioned into a new career, having extensively studied self-development, various forms of therapy and coaching. Now, he's the founder of the Mind Health Coach, helping actors and performing artists with anxiety and achieving their peak performance to excel in their career. We actually met in India a few years ago at a neuro-linguistic programming retreat. In this episode, you will discover how Michael made the decision to leave his successful career in acting of almost 20 years and the gradual transition to a new passion of coaching. How solving his own persistent level of anxiety fueled a new passion to help others. What skills from a long and successful career in acting transferred into coaching. How Michael's purpose changed as his career changed. How to tackle anxiety in your career and during COVID-19. What's the one thing that makes Michael Leg burn from within? The full show notes and videos of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews. So listen all the way through and enjoy. Rewind and fast forward to the time when you thought, you know what, acting is something that I want to potentially leave behind as a career path and and maybe do something different. Talk about that time and, and what was going on in your experience then. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a very successful acting career and acting was my passion since I was a teenager. And, and I was incredibly lucky. I worked with some of the best actors and directors in the world. And I learned a huge amount from them. And not just about acting, about life. And I had a lot of fun along the way. But uh, yeah, it was never, I guess it was never like a deliberate decision to leave acting or anything. It was, there came a point, to be completely honest, where there was like a natural transition into coaching because at my most successful, I discovered that I was in an industry where you needed to be mentally very strong. And I got a lot of success very quickly. And I realized that particularly in the creative industries, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of insecurity, and you really need to be at the top of your game. And so I took myself off basically, and I learned lots of strategies and tools and techniques. I did a lot of training, a lot of different courses. I was very lucky to meet you in India that time um, on our, one of our NLP trainings. And, um, and basically these techniques and strategies, they, they worked so well for me um, that just naturally I started helping 
other people, other actors essentially it started with. I, I naturally just started helping my actor colleagues. And that's really when the Mind Health Coach kicked off. So it was, yeah, it was more of a natural transition rather than a, I'm going to quit acting and become a coach now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you started helping other actors who are in, who are in your in your shoes what was it that inspired you to do all of this personal development self-development extensive training in in therapy different therapy um, methodologies and coaching what were the problems or challenges that you were trying to solve in your life and how are those challenges common in uh, the actors that you were helping initially so I would say that the main challenge that I discovered, I didn't know it was called anxiety at the time. And I have to say that it never got to an extreme level, but it got to a level where I was daily feeling this just sense of unease. And I I was working back to back with film and theater and TV. And I think part of it was I was working very hard. And I was a bit of a perfectionist, I still am. So I was trying to really, you know, do everything at the top of my game and learning how to be in the industry and have well-being at the same time. And really, you know, what you've set up is amazing because if I'd find you then, essentially what I was going through was a burnout. So a symptom was certainly anxiety. I. I'm not sure I'm, I'm crazy about saying I had terrible anxiety for years. I, I didn't really. It was just more a this kind of low-level angst that flared up when I would have an audition, for example, and I really wanted the part. I would put a ton of pressure on myself, like way too much pressure on myself. And unfortunately, sometimes that worked. I would nail the audition and I would get the part. And then that became a pattern. It was like, clearly, that's how I need to get myself that stressed to be that successful and continue being that successful. And equally, I was in my mid twenties to late twenties at the height of my success and going into my early thirties. And as I matured, I think I realized I don't need to feel the stress all the time. I don't think it's, I I know it's not healthy. I know that I surely it's unsustainable. I, I saw kind of other actors around me that succumbed to other things. And I got a real education in why actors can go around down the drinking drugs route, especially the older actors, you can see, just because there's so much stress and pressure and, and, and insecurity in the industry. And I knew I just did, I didn't want to go there. I'd worked too hard. And so before, I guess before it got any worse, before it got to the point where I had to quit completely, and because I was just too anxious and stressed, I, I knew that it was important to work on myself. And equally, because I am a bit of a perfectionist, that hasn't gone away. I, um, I, I studied everything I could get my hands on. I, had to, I felt I had to become the best at learning personal development. But then I loved it so much. And I've always been fascinated by psychology, being an actor anyway. That's one of the reasons I think I became an actor. I'm fascinated by what makes people tick. And now I'm just fascinated by helping people feel better. Essentially, that's what I do. Yeah. And in terms of when, when you started exploring all these different personal development methodologies, 
Was there a like a moment where you just said, that's it, I'm done with acting and you knew that this path of coaching therapy was something you wanted to do? Or was it like a very gradual process? How did that transition unfold? Yeah, great question. So I kept working for a good... I kept working for a good um, 10 years after I started learning. Yes, it was a gradual process in to personal development because I was a bit, I have a little bit of a cynical brain as well to a lot of the kind of self-help stuff and particularly the self-help industry. And and that's just because I was, I, I think I was ignorant to a lot of the brilliant stuff that is available out there and the stuff that I'd seen before that was to me felt a bit trite and a bit be you know the the best version of yourself and all of this stuff when I was already in a career that was pressurized I didn't feel like I wanted to put more pressure on myself and I felt that was counterproductive to well-being and and I realized I wanted to go more into the well-being route so it was a gradual process in and then it took over and I think I started doing very well as a coach and I found myself not wanting to take on acting jobs because I was busy with clients and, and also I could see transformations in clients that I was working with and I was getting great feedback and I was getting the same buzz, <laughs> to be completely honest, that I got from acting. I'd come off stage and it's a very, it's hard to explain, but it's a very similar kind of feeling of achievement you get when you come off stage or you've finished filming a scene or, and you feel you've done a really good job on it. It's a similar, it's a similar feeling. I think when you feel you've transformed somebody's perspective on something, which is essentially what acting is doing when you're on stage or you're in a movie or you're in a TV series. And I think that's the most fun part of playing a different character when you can be somebody completely different and then change somebody's perspective on something if the script is good and it's a good project. So really then, yeah, it evolved and the the coaching took over and it became a very, yeah, as I said, it just became a very natural transition. And also, never say never. I may never say never. <laughs> Adult, potentially in acting. Interesting. Dot, dot, dot. And you've had a successful career in acting, trained, now you're a coach. I always find people that transition to new industries, they have a set of skills that they've developed. And sometimes you can transfer those skills into brand new disciplines. What do you think you've learned in your years um, of your acting career that you can translate into everyday life for yourself and also for the people that you coach? What skills, maybe principles or values have served you well or you've developed that you can now uh, give to others and another great question i i think the first one that comes to mind as an actor when you're preparing for for a role and um, even if the role is similar to you which often it isn't but even if it is similar to you you do a psychological assessment of of that character you really do you break down the behavior the beliefs the environment that the character is in, where the character's been, where the character's going to. And it's very similar with coaching. It's what's happened to you. Where are you right now? Where do you want to be? What are your beliefs? 
What are your, and talk me through your day when you wake up in the morning, what is your behavior? What do you do? What are your habits? What are your disciplines? It's scarily similar. <laughs> and I think that's the main thing that I bring. I, I will rarely say to my clients that I'm, because I do, I work with lots of different techniques. I work with CBT and NLP and, and there's a lot of acting stuff in there. And, and very rarely will I say, I'm now doing a character assessment. <laughs> but yeah, that would be the main thing, to be able to assess somebody, um, mainly for the reason of getting to, now in acting, you would call it a super objective. In our world, we call it, well, our world now, we call it purpose. And because why do you get out of bed in the morning? I think that's the big, that's the big question we all want to answer. And once you answer that, you're sorted. <laughs> and do you know what? I mean, I was thinking of asking this question and you just brought it up, but what would you say is uh, your purpose now? And what would you say uh, it was your purpose when you were acting, when you were in that career? And if there is a difference. Very good. That's, it's a very lovely question to ponder because I could give you the true answer <laughs> or I could give you the answer I'd like to give you, which would be untrue. So I'm going to be completely honest. As soon as you said it, I thought my purpose as an actor was to work as much as possible and to be a successful actor, if I'm being completely honest. And because of the nature of the industry, I think it's forefront in most actors' minds, not to generalize, but I think it's true. You go from job to job and it's the only security you have, really. You want to work as much as possible. Now, my purpose is to is much more about my own well-being and the well-being of everybody around me. My, my kind of grand purpose is to make as many people as possible feel better in whatever way that means. Yeah, there's definitely a pattern in when you started talking about your transition of, of moving away from acting and, and just having that underlying, it wasn't like extreme burnout or extreme anxiety, but there was this kind of level of, of anxiety, of pressure that you really wanted to get away from. And it, it went part and parcel with the industry as well, as you said. And now that, and now you're transitioning to help other people to, to deal with that, whatever level of anxiety or stress or burnout they're in. What do you think is it about well-being that, that, that became so important to you that, that, that made that shift of, hmm, okay, I, I think I want to move into this space of well-being and, and away from acting. What was important about that? So I think, I think the turning point for me was understanding that I wanted to enjoy the job that I did. And I was starting to not enjoy being an actor and acting. And um, I was on, I was on an incredibly, when, when this stuff really started, uh, when this stuff really started kicking off, as in, in my own head of, oh, maybe this isn't right for me. I was, I was in Shameless. I was on that show, Shameless, that, was super successful and I remember specifically I think I was on the fourth season of it and I was about to shoot a scene and I remember very distinctly just thinking to myself I, I should be feeling so fortunate and 
I should be so happy. I'm about to go out and work with these amazing actors. And they were, they were incredible actors and lovely crew. And I just felt a little, I just felt em- empty. I just felt a kind of emptiness. And I felt very guilty about that for a long time. But it was, I think it was me maturing, really. I think I, I was growing up and maturing. And as I matured, yeah, came the kind of realization that this, yeah, that there's, that, that well-being and, and feeling good every day is, is something to strive towards. And there were too many days where I was just worrying about learning lines and getting my performance right and then worrying about, will I be in the next series or will I get that other job that I auditioned for? Or, and I was just worrying a lot. I think I was just worrying constantly and um, and I didn't want to. <laughs> and I knew I didn't have to. I knew there was other ways. So It's interesting you say that. A few of the other guests I've had mentioned very successful careers. They've climbed up uh, the corporate ladder sometimes or being very successful in their own businesses. And then they reach a goal potentially or a level of status where any more status is not giving them the satisfaction that they got when they first were in their career and they were climbing up the ladder. And then it becomes, okay, what's next? They've done this. There must be more to life. And then this empty feeling starts to sink in. And that's when people start to shift from the ego and massaging status to, to move towards contribution, the six human needs, Maslow's human needs, talked about this extensively do you think there was a, sh- uh, a kind of a shift for you when you realized that well-being was more important and what was there like a shift towards maybe contribution and, and actually helping others or making the world a better place or a, a bigger purpose do you think there was that kind of shift yeah that's a very interesting it's a very interesting reflection actually because as you're just saying that i i'm not saying i was unusual as an actor a lot of actors are actually very uncomfortable with the spotlight outside of the acting but i particularly find that stuff super uncomfortable i remember the very first tv series i i did i was 18 and i was in london and i was with this big group of guys shooting a series called dream team no, it was the very first series and it was for Sky and Dream Team became this huge, like, hit. It became this massive hit show. And I remember uh, the first few episodes went out and I'd flown back to Ireland and I was coming through the airport and <laughs> loads of people were coming over and taking photos. And, and this was when they had cameras. It wasn't like phone cameras. That's a long time ago. Uh, but I remember that stuff I got, that happened very quickly. And so in terms of all of the ego stuff of an actor, some actors love that. A lot of actors, to be honest, don't. Um, but I didn't just not like it. It made me, it was like I turned into a different person. I became super, super shy with that kind of attention. I felt really uncomfortable with it. And, and I just, I didn't like it. And I never knew how, I think maybe if you do a big therapy session on me, I would probably say I was going to self-sabotage my career because I was terrified about becoming famous. I was scared because the more kind of famous I did become and the more I did get recognized, um, 
I find that difficult. I find that really difficult. My question was, did you notice a shift when you'd actually a- a- achieved a certain level of success yes. in your career where, you know, the more success you achieved, you weren't as motivated by that. And, and actually there was a, when you went towards well-being, do you feel that there was a shift to contribute to, to the world in some way? whether that's a, a greater purpose or making the world a better place or helping other people. Do you feel that there was a shift in that direction? Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. There was a, yeah, there was a definite shift to uh, a lot of focus had been on me. Basically a lot of focus had been on me and you are pretty, when, when you're doing well as an actor, you are looked after very well. And and when you're offset or you're not in that world, I certainly would find myself wanting to, to help other people in whatever way that I could. And I think uh, I think um, it's for me, it started feeling much more valuable to help other people than shoot an episode of something I wasn't sure that I was really shifting perspectives by being in a long-running tv show that people really loved and enjoyed but I didn't feel I didn't feel purposeful exactly I I did not feel purposeful and uh, when you mentioned that your purpose as, as an actor was to work really hard if we go even a level above that like what for what reason did you want to work so hard? I can imagine a lot of listeners would be thinking, I want to win an award or I want to win more major TV shows or films and that kind of stuff. But what was the driver for for working so hard? I think for me, the driver for working so hard was being very conscious that within the acting industry, certainly then, work begets work the more you work the more work you got and as an actor the the biggest fear is is being out of work essentially and of course when you're within the industry you see all around you most people at any one time are out of work and so it's it's right there and i experienced i experienced a lot of being out of work as well and that would often surprise people because sometimes some of the years where i I do a big film, but then maybe I wouldn't work for six months after that. And I don't think people quite understood that uh, outside of the industry, certainly within the industry, actors get that. Actors will, will, will do something pretty huge and they'll be at the premiere and they'll, there'll be interviews and they'll be all over magazines, but they may not have worked since that movie was filmed, which could have been a year or two years ago. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and... I'm very curious about you've made this shift out of acting and there's probably a lot of actors out there that felt that anxiety and and not it's not a constant stream of work as you say the the creative industry in general isn't what would you say to people that are in that constant state of stress maybe not feeling fulfilled in their career and you could be talking about actors but it could translate to other careers as well what with your own experience and I guess with hindsight what would you say for them to do in order to find a new purpose or transition into the next stage of their life if they feel that they're not a path that's that's sustainable or or not a path that that's fulfilling 
So I think for sure, um, what helped me definitely was taking a little bit of time to reflect on what I actually wanted. So I think that's the first thing that I would recommend to absolutely, if it's in your conscious mind that you're not fully fulfilled or there's a bit of an itch there that you can't quite scratch, I think it's a good sign and I think it's a great opportunity more than anything else. Don't be fearful of that. That itch is there for a reason. So being conscious of that first and being conscious that this and, and understanding that can be a very good thing. This can be an, an amazing opportunity. And it's not necessarily about changing everything, but I, I think there's always improvement to be made when you have that itch and you're not quite sure what's happening. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is talk to somebody um, for sure. Go see you. <laughs> Talk to you, Matt. You're the man. Or you. <laughs> or me. Maybe come to me first, then go to you. Uh, <laughs> but no, absolutely. I think uh, talk to somebody who can steer you to clarity. It's all about clarity. It's all about sitting down and talking to somebody who can steer you um, in a direction that you either may not have thought about before or you have thought about, but you haven't had the luxury of sitting down and spending an hour or two none of us do that we rarely sit down and say I'm just going to reflect on the next three months that might last for five minutes if you're with somebody who's used to doing that with you and um, or even if it is your partner or or a friend or whatever but have somebody to sit there and and, and question you on on what you really want and just try to get as much clarity about what you genuinely want as possible because often we I think we tend to bury our wants so sometimes we think we know what we want but it's only when we're deeply questioned that we often get surprised by what we actually want yeah yeah and in terms of obviously you made this shift to to to, to well-being now there's an element of having balance in your life to have well-being how do you restore balance in your life when things might seem chaotic and maybe from your experience in in working with clients who might be super busy maybe really stressed and have to perform like at their at their peak to do their jobs in acting how can you what steps can you take in order to get more balance in your life for the important things like your health your family uh, relationships passions that kind of stuff I think we very much create our life from the moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we go to sleep and being conscious that you're much more in control of that process. Um, I think a lot of people don't make changes or, 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 or don't imagine that they have the strength to choose how they want their days, weeks, months to be, and you actually do. And that starts with your thinking. Absolutely, it starts with your thinking. So be brave enough if you have another, an, an interest that, you, that hasn't developed fully or a talent or there's something burning within you. I think that's your thing. And we all know when we have something burning within us and run with it. Absolutely run with it. There's a reason that thing is burning within you. It's, it, needs to, it needs to get out. And uh, often it's the best thing you can do to let something like that out. And be brave enough. Be brave enough 
to make changes. Yeah. In terms of some of the, the challenges that you have seen in, in, in your job now in coaching, what have been like some of the common problems that clients have had with regard to anxiety in their job and in their career? And also now during COVID, how has that kind of changed the dynamic for some of the, the problems that you solve? Firstly, with COVID, I think a lot of people who didn't really know what anxiety was now do, unfortunately. And also very unfortunately, the people who were suffering with any kind of anxiety or stress that's multiplied. Generally, we're living in a very anxious, collectively, we're very anxious at the moment. And... And it's it's a very difficult situation because yourself, these things kind of spread the news. Everyone's watching the news and it's just bad news headline after bad news headline after bad news headline. And we're slightly addicted to getting the information and we're processing this information. And, uh, and so I think we're glued to the news much more than we would ordinarily be. And... Um, I think with the whole environmental crisis that's happening as well at the minute, with, with Brexit, with there seems to be a lot happening at once. And the absolute best thing I think people can do for sure is to is to really cultivate a more positive, optimistic mindset. It sounds it sounds very obvious, and and and, and it is very obvious. But uh, the more positive and the more optimistic people can be. And um, the more resilient they're going to be yourself, Matt, the most resilient people in the world, they all have one thing in common, and that's a positive can-do mindset. And people, yes, are being incredibly tested at the minute. The people who are already anxious with life are super anxious. The people who've never had anxiety before are now understanding what anxiety is. And uh, I was going to ask about... yeah actual practices and routines maybe or habits that people yes. can adopt to consistently lower anxiety and and when we take yourself back to when you're in your acting career there was that level of anxiety that just it just didn't go away how can people lower that level whatever it is if it's like burnout level to something that's a little bit uncomfortable how can people consistently lower their average level of anxiety is there any regular habits that they can adopt disciplines yeah. things that they can learn and all of that kind of stuff uh, uh, even how do they cultivate a, a positive mindset how do they do that okay brilliant so the first thing about anxiety for me the first big kind of principle the first big idea on, on starting to reduce your anxiety is, is absolutely look into the past and being aware and um, that you've got through we all have. We've all got through trauma. We've all got through negative experiences. And we've all been through stressful events. And knowing that you'll get through it again, you just will. And having that knowledge and reminding yourself that we are so much stronger than we can possibly imagine. We are so much more resilient than we can imagine. There's so much more going on inside of us and within us. Uh, than we can ever imagine. Uh, and we mostly are going to be okay. 
So having a very strong belief that everything is going to be okay. And that's not that's not a toxic positivity, that's reality. 99% of what goes on in our heads with worry and anxiety is rubbish. It's our own invention. 99% of it never happens. So uh, the other thing with that is we being aware that being aware where your focus is and because we tend to get what we focus on. So of course, the more negative we are, we're going to start noticing lots of negative things within our environments. And the more positive we are, the same. We're just going to notice much more positive things. At a point, it, it very much is a choice. You can decide to wake up in the morning and set an intention. I think that's a brilliant exercise to start with, just setting an intention of, well, I'm going to have a great day today. Whatever happens, I'm going to do my best just to get through the day and and, and try to stay as positive as possible. And um, I think there's a really brilliant exercise that I learned called flip the what ifs that I do a lot with clients and flip the what ifs is um, anxiety and anxious thoughts and, and, and worry is often preceded by us asking ourselves the little inner critic, usually critical voice that we have. But the inner voice will often ask, what if followed by a negative? You know, what if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if this like the recipe for and- fear, right? It's like the underlying formula for fear. It is. It's the formula for fear. So let's let's change the formula um, to what if plus a positive. So what if everything turns out okay? What if I can cope and I do get through this? And it's a habit, of course, and it takes a little bit of, it's a pattern that you can develop. But if you, every time you become conscious of what ifing plus a negative, if you can flip that immediately to a what if positive, it's a habit. So the more you do it, um, naturally you'll start going to the positive. And so that's one for sure. That's a good one. I'm a huge fan of meditation. I'm a massive fan of meditation. Uh, there's so many different types out there. I personally do transcendental, but I'm a big fan of mindful meditation as well. The, the main kind of, the big idea with meditation, well, the way I see it is we are absolutely not our thoughts. Like absolutely not our thoughts. And um, It's a very dangerous thing, I think, when people start believing everything that they think, because as I said, so much of it is genuinely rubbish. And that's not being disparaging or, you know, disrespectful to people. It's just, it's biology. A lot of it is just garbled rubbish. And so meditation does this wonderful thing that it disassociates um, your thoughts from you so that you can just observe them. And observing your own thoughts the brilliant thing that happens eventually after um, a few meditation sessions and it gets stronger the more you do it is you really are able to look at your thoughts as, as separate to you and then they lose all of their power. And um, a really good exercise to get started with is a, if you close your eyes and, and, and you just imagine your thoughts as, imagine you're sitting on the side of a road and your thoughts are cars, lorries and traffic and they're just driving past and you can just sit for a few minutes and just every thought that comes into your head 
over the next few minutes, not that we'll do it now, but over the next few minutes, <laughs> you just imagine a thought drives past, here comes another one, it's now driving past, and here comes another one, it's driving past. If you do this for a couple of minutes just every day, that's enough meditation to start, because really meditation is just about becoming conscious that your thoughts are not you. That's essentially what it is, so that a large part of the brain can quiet. Uh, people can maybe adopt these practices. At what point would you say clients come to you for help and support, whether that's for anxiety or to help them with their performance in their career? Like, At what point do you typically see people reach out to you for help or for support? Okay, so... I would definitely say there's you no know, there's there's about there's three different kind of timings when people come to me in terms of what they're experiencing when they come to me. One will be I've had enough. I know that this thing is really affecting my work or really affecting my relationships or really affecting the quality of my life and I'm at rock bottom and I really need help and in that circumstance depending on how deep it is and whether they need to see a psychotherapist or a psychologist I have a lot of people that I recommend them to see if I feel I can help them as a coach I absolutely will the second kind of group of people that come to me they're aware they're aware that there's something within them that's just holding them back it may not be it's a bit like the way I was it's not daily on their mind, but they just know that it's an itch. It's, I just feel life's maybe passing me by and I, I haven't really achieved everything that I've wanted. And I know there's all this kind of talent in me for these other things that have, has never been let out. And, or there's a little bit of anxiety in me or I'm a bit worried or I'm a bit stressed about making presentations or I'm a bit stressed about this and I really wish I wasn't. And I wish I was more positive or more confident. And then I have another set of people that come to me who are, it's all about the high performance. They, they're doing super well already. And they just want to, I'm not going to say the phrase crush it, <laughs> but they, but I just did, but they want to, they want peak performance. And so those are the three kind of areas that I work on. Got it. Got it. Awesome. My my final question, uh, Michael, is now I, I call someone that burns from within. They're living a life full of passion and purposeful and they have balance for all the things that are important to them in life. How would you what's the one thing do you think has made the biggest difference for you to burn from within, to live with passion, purpose and balance? Wow. And you can take your time. <laughs> a lot of people do it's such a great question i love that question yes i know exactly what a when i understood the concept that i teach very early on when i'm coaching people when i fully understood the concept that there is always a pause between external stimulus something happening and your reaction to it and in that pause, you have a choice as to how to behave, as to whether to react to it negatively or react to it positively or be proactive. And that blew my mind and still does. <laughs> because now 
I remember I wrote on a sheet of paper years ago that I don't feel unwell, but I just feel that I'd love to be in control of my own brain 100% of the time. And, and that concept really helps with that. Just knowing that whatever happens to you in life, you're always much more in control than, than you think. And you can be much more in control with just a little bit of practice. Yeah, yeah. It's that concept of you're, you are not your thoughts. And actually, just take a moment just to observe things and things will pass and it took a while for me to realize uh, I did ayahuasca and I was, I, I realized that I wasn't even my body. There's a separation there. And that, that is actually comforting to know that you can just observe things and, and not feel like you're being led. Life is leading you, but actually you're in control, but it, it requires some, some practice and discipline and educating yourself. And yeah, that's made a huge difference to my life as well. So really interesting. I'm fascinated, particularly we both have studied uh, neurolinguistic programming. And one of the big components of NLP is modeling, modeling other people, modeling people that you want to replicate similar results to. And I think some, to be honest, the ultimate form of modeling that I've seen outside of NLP is through acting, whether it's method acting or doing like a character assessment and really getting into the mind of a character. If given we're in COVID, well, a lot of countries are in lockdown. The UK is in full national lockdown now. Yeah. Is there any particular character or person that you think you would like to method act or get into their mind to help with dealing with anxiety or dealing with this quite challenging situation that many of us are in with COVID. Is there any particular characters or even people that maybe role models that people can start to think about and, and get into that step into their worlds in order to deal with this COVID crisis better? What another brilliant question. I immediately, I was thinking of one person throughout throughout that and it's just because I think he's the wisest person in the world and it's David Attenborough. Um, I think because he, it's well known, isn't it, that all of his documentaries, part of the magic of it is just this beautiful, soothing voice that he has. And that's him. That's his character. That's his love and his energy coming through the screen and his passion and enthusiasm and intelligence. And he's so articulate. And, and yeah, we need a lot more of that in the world. We need a lot more of that right now. I totally get that. And with Attenborough, he's he's lived a a long life already. And I think he's 94 now and seen the world change so much, been through world wars and economic crises and all of that. But there's something about him that he's he's a calm, wise old man that's seen the world and he knows that things can get better. And taking this proactive uh, approach to making to finding solutions to making the world better even with all of these challenges become become old man that, with a strong voice i love it where can people find you michael contact you to inquire about coaching and or acting and and get in touch with you how can they do that so you can check my website the mindhealthcoach.com 
Um, I'm on Instagram quite a bit at the Mind Health Coach, or uh, you can always email me if you ever want to get in contact. It's Michael at themindhealthcoach.com. Love it. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a it's been a really interesting interview. Talking about like a lot of different topics from acting, transitioning, coaching, mindfulness, David Attenborough, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you once again for joining the show. It's a pleasure. I loved it. Thanks a million, man. Thank you. If you want to learn more about how to consistently deal with anxiety please do check out Michael's page I've included in the show notes. He's truly a phenomenal coach and really has an incredible level of skill in helping actors and actually anyone with both anxiety and achieving peak performance by shifting their state. And if you're unsure about what to do next in your career, perhaps you're feeling consistently stressed and can't find a way out. Well, first, contact Michael, especially if you're an actor, and then start exploring which direction would make sense from within you to live a more passionate, purposeful and balanced life. Book a free consultation for my 12-week career fulfillment program. It's based on a proven method that has helped hundreds of people over the last 14 years to find a new career path that lights them up inside. Just go to burnfromwithin.com forward slash fulfilling career and book your free consultation with me now to see if it's right for you stay updated with more inspiring interviews by hitting the subscribe button now on your player for the burn from within podcast until next time live with passion purpose and balance and burn from within